there and welcome to the 2020 edition of the UAE Tech Podcast, a series of discussions on how technology is reshaping governance and economics in the United Arab Emirates. From our offices in Media City, Dubai, I'm John Lillywhite with Abu Abba Business. Over the past few months, we've been catapulted into this new hybrid reality, a reality in which flights are grounded, public transport is closed, and social distancing has made human contact so much more difficult. From education to health and e-commerce, the COVID-19 pandemic is changing things in ways that are difficult to predict or model. Because of this, we figured it was the perfect time to relaunch a discussion on technological change. This week we're talking with Alessandro Casuccio of Comv Analytics on the evolution of the region's now booming e-commerce sector. Alessandro arrived in the UAE eight years ago, shortly before e-commerce was to witness a massive surge in growth. As such, he's in an ideal position to talk about how data analysis is creating more sophisticated e-commerce systems in the process transforming what is possible and profitable. Alessandro, how's it going? How are you today? Hi, John. Good afternoon. Great to great, have you. Uh, great. Um, thanks. Sir. Great to have you on the podcast. Full disclosure, we should probably point out to some of our listeners that we met um, because, you know, we were collaborating on a Google News initiative um, to kind of use the Google Cloud and improve the way that we work in semantic search with Arabic language data sets. But one thing I've never asked you is what when, when did you first come to Dubai? Um, when did you first start doing business in the, in the Middle East? And what was it that attracted you to this part of the world? So, yes, I think that's actually a small interesting, you know, secret that uh, not too many people actually are aware of. First of all, because I moved to Dubai almost um, eight years ago now. Uh, it's It's definitely a longer time span than I originally planned for. And the main reason and how I came into, you know, into the region was simply a stopover when I was moving back from Australia after, you know, setting up the operations and the ventures for e-commerce for Rocket Internet between Australia and Southeast Asia. After almost one year and a half, I decided to move to a, to a new region where we were also starting uh, with e-commerce ventures, and that was supposed to be uh, South America. So when I was flying back to Europe just to get you know, all my things uh, sorted out, leaving my apartment that I still had rented in Milan, uh, as I'm originally from Italy, and I studied basically in Milan in university, when I jumped you know, out straight from university into the technical world of uh, digital and e-commerce with Rocket Internet. So while living in Australia, I decided to just stop over in Dubai to say hi to some friends uh, that I had met long time before at American University in Dubai during a course, you know, semester study abroad. And I stopped by here and I met also the HR of uh, Rocket Internet for the region that invited me for an interview with the managing directors of uh, Namshi.com and uh, Mizado.com that at the end, uh, at the days, 
back in the days was basically the equivalent of noon uh, uh, nowadays, what noon is now. So, so I got approached by uh, by the you know the team. It was very interesting, and I decided to postpone my plans to move to South America. And eventually, I I you know I got my visa, my residency visa to to come to UAE. And I remember it was exactly on eight eight years ago. That was probably around August. So yeah, I think it seems like like a long time. But the main reason why I moved here because I really liked the team, I really liked the project. Namshi.com was still at the very early days. When I joined, it was, uh, I would say, pretty much 30, 40 people. So it was still very much of a startup with a lot of things to do and to take care of. So since then, basically, I started keeping uh, myself quite busy, you know, within startups community, within the tech uh, environment, and more recently within the consulting analytics uh, uh, space. So yeah, so far so good. Yeah, definitely. So, so for background, uh, it's the first day of Eid today for everyone yeah. listening. But f- so eight years ago, in many ways, you know, so you arrived at the beginnings of the e-commerce boom in some ways in the Middle East. What yeah. was it like working in that space eight years ago? So honestly, it was totally different. <laughs> when I say e-commerce back in the days was even seen as uh, a very different uh, um, experience when you think about customers when you think about investors when you think about talents because first of all there was uh, uh, there was no actual big e-commerce back then so namshi that started since the beginning as a focus on the i would say B2C industry, you know, with uh, fully owned inventory goods from a point of view of retail fashion. So in this case, multi-brands. Now she was the first in the space. And the only, I would say, other strong e-commerce born out of the region back then was uh, Souk.com. In the case, Souk was more of a marketplace. So when we say commerce as such, there was everything to build from scratch. When you think about payment gateways, when you think about uh, adding and building up, you know, digital marketing teams, as much also the logistics, right? We were using at the beginning the free zone area out of the, I think, Jeblali or, or uh, Aramex distribution center that was, you know, from the from the free zone space. So we were basically installing an e-commerce warehouse within an e, you know distribution center of Aramex that was not mm. still ready to deal with the large-scale uh, e-commerce operations. So in that case, it was very much different. The channels were very different. There was no app uh, mobile at the time. It was very limited in the sense of the, the spike uh, that happened in mobile was pretty much more between 2013, end of 2013 onwards. So at the very beginning, I would say it was creating the basis and uh, entering a market like Saudi that was totally also greenfield for us and for a lot of other players in the region. Yeah, so that's interesting. I mean, a lot of entrepreneurs here say one of the differences, uh, particularly, you know, eight years ago, was that you have to think about things like 
you know, do we have the logistics to ship loads of e-commerce products? Do we have the payment yeah. gateways? Do we have the, the, the mobile app infrastructure? Whereas often if you're an entrepreneur in the States or Europe, some of those logistics are already pre-built to build on top of. So they're already existing and you're iterating a service based upon them. You don't have to worry about Amazon not being able to deliver it to your door. Whereas if you're in Beirut or, or parts of Jordan, sometimes you do. Um, but so, okay, you've arrived eight years ago. You're starting to see a, an exciting um, sector where there's lots of problems, but there's probably also quite a few opportunities. There's, there's quite a few different areas that you can work on. How do you start finding a niche for yourself? How do you start thinking about, okay, what is my, my next step? Um, what are the kind of services I can provide for uh, the, mm. the industry in Dubai? No, it's, uh, it's, I would say it's definitely a um, process that doesn't uh, take place overnight, mm. okay? It takes some time to, uh, to find, uh, you know, the, also the inspiration, if you want to call it like this, like without going to, uh, you know, too formal about the names, yeah. but at the end of the day, you really need to follow what you like to do right and you need to work with people that enjoy as well uh, learning or testing or analyzing things just in the way that, that you can uh, help them together so my background has been pretty much in uh, uh you know finance quantitative finance uh, investment banking so very different from what i'm doing now it, that means I still love, you know, dealing with problems and solving problems with numbers. Okay. So that's the first thing that I wanted and I kept, you know, doing even when I joined, you know, Namshin building up the BI analytics department. First was pretty much myself, the managing director, a couple of the great uh, colleagues that we borrowed from other teams. And then we went on to build the entire department without having to hire too many people, but we were quite agile in that sense and quite technical. So for me, the sense of working within e-commerce has been a great mix between technology on one side without, you know, thinking of technology as something uh, only pure related to programming, but more about, you know, data, data infrastructure, how to put things in place like automation for uh, business processes that instead require a lot of manual and time uh, time of, you know wasted on different tasks okay so to tell you the truth this took some time you know to learn inside out to test to evolve also within the you know the trends in the market in the industry so not only commerce but mostly around the analytics and data like in terms of business intelligence so this means that i enjoy doing it since the beginning and while doing it i realized that also the companies i work with so first namshi that was eventually acquired by mr then justproperty.com that also was eventually acquired by property finder and then lastly when i was working in karim uh, I realized that, you know, there was a potential acquisition that was happening uh, with, uh, you know, with what uh, 
what we all know in the market eventually uber acquires karim mm. so in terms of experience i i went through all these phases where you're a startups and then you finish uh, uh, with an ipo potentially such as in the case of global fashion group when Namshi was right right or in the case of a startup like karim that you know when i joined was already a very good team mm. uh, relatively big but not not an unicorn yet so when i resigned from karim to start my own company it was pretty much a choice that i i i took myself to focus also on leveraging this uh, experience this you know approach on how to fully utilize you know data to help at the end of the day digital players in the region uh from the region i i mean everything from uh, you know middle east north africa in the sense we've been working with uh, projects that are not only in the gulf you know between uae saudi and kuwait but mostly also within the expanded MENA region to the extent we did also something in tunisia egypt uh, lebanon you know jordan uh a couple of things as well happening soon so <laughs> that yeah. would be great so, so so okay so you've worked with you know a lot of the the big names you know kareem namshi noon um you obviously got to to have a very interesting perspective on everything that was going on how did you find your path to market entry why was it business intelligence and analytics that you focused on okay you've worked in finance you enjoy maths you enjoy numbers how did you leverage this skill set to enter the industry here and build your own company and the entry point usually for me is to enable the marketeers when you think about the typical digital marketing team in an e-commerce organization uh, to start seeing their 360 view of the their PL, if you want to call it like this, uh, like a profit and loss view of their channel and marketing uh, campaigns, because it's very difficult for, especially in this region where there were less uh, uh, global uh, players at the beginning in terms of digital marketing. Nowadays, I would say the situation is better because, you know, Facebook has an office here. Google as an office here, TikTok even as an office here, all the digital uh, channels, marketing channels have presence. But at the beginning was not the case. And in order to build a reporting, a solid uh, data analytics infrastructure, you need to connect the dots between a lot of different data sources, a lot of different uh, way of measuring conversion. Okay, If you think about e-commerce, you can really simplify things down to each orders for example orders uh, transaction that you get on your site but reality is much more complex than that you can think about you know customer lifetime value you can think about court analysis you can think about what type of channels influence more your cancellation rate your cash and delivery how to optimize this in terms of total margin contribution to the brands so there is a lot to do even you know within a simple uh, fashion e-commerce retail operation because at the end of the day the experience of the customer okay is key but the process to reach that point when you think about data are very very uh, diverse 
and it's not easy for a business team to take care of this automatically or to take care of this in-house because of lack of talents. Mm. So what we solve uh, is very simple. We try to automate this process to make it more structured, smoother also for business function, you know, from the CEO down to the marketing executive or to the operations analyst to be able to see this overall 360 view of the business KPIs into one single repository, into one single dashboard, if you think, or or at least to use the same source of truth. And this makes life easier. Uh, so that's how we started. That's how I put together the first team and project on my hand with the, some customers in the region that are still, uh, you know, still pretty much also drawing, you know, like Golden Sand, the luxury closet. Mm. There were quite a few other e-commerce uh, that we start with uh, two, two and a half years ago. Uh, and that was the use case, the main use cases that I, I got when it comes to the e-commerce to simplify the way they use data and how to, to make it available across the organization. So how do you th- see things changing? Um, how has your work over the past five to eight years changed? And where do you think the future of your business is going um, as the ecosystem out here evolves and also deals with you know, completely unanticipated challenges? That's, uh, I mean, probably, John, since you work a lot, you know, in the region as well with Albawaba, you know better than everyone else about trends across different uh, sector. But, you know, what I can tell you from a point of view of digital first companies, think of the case of Karim or think of the case of, you know, Noon.com as a big players mm. is typical of uh, also a trend happening in the region also for a smaller tech driven organization that want to grow. And the recent, uh, the recent example of this has been that there is a lot also still fundraising happening in the region. Okay. Right. So in a way, the fundraising did not stop yeah. due to COVID. Yeah, I mean, we've discussed that in the past. You know, there is capital yeah. in the Middle East. There is yeah. fundraising yeah. in the Middle East. I think it's something that, you know, um, entrepreneurs and, and people from outside looking in often find quite surprising. Uh, but yeah, I definitely yes. agree with you on that one. I would say the additional thing is that, you know, the, the industry as a digital or e-commerce or... Uh, analytics for example as a in my opinion as a very good opportunity to harmonize as much as possible mm. between the legacy that was happening in the what what i call offline uh type of organization like le- when i say legacy means very outdated ways of uh of doing analytics and data engineering in large scale uh, organization. So this definitely has to, to move on, you know, and this is some, something already happened in very uh, strong companies here in the region between Dubai, Saudi, you know, the rest of the GCCs as well. But it's, it's a long process because it requires a lot of awareness, you know, from, uh, 
from different teams, different experience level across the company. But I have seen a lot uh, of progress in this. And I'm very optimistic that, you know, the, there is a lot to do to basically further simplify, you know, what needs to be the foundation of a basically data-driven organization. Hmm. And by simplifying this, then you can add on top very advanced uh, use cases, you know, that are more, uh, also more, I would say, business-driven. Uh, 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 think of the typical CMO that wants to understand what's the attribution between uh, TV ads, you know, in uh, Saudi or in Egypt, a TV commercial, and the impact that this provides to uh, to the number of uh, mobile app users or downloads that we get on our mobile app during the time or the periods where we run the TV commercials. Those questions are, to be honest, are something that in Europe, US, uh, most part of Asia are already being answered very effectively. Wow, that's but interesting. here in the region, yeah. Yeah, that's really interesting. There is still a lot to educate, you know, the users, the agencies sometimes as well, mm. the media planner of how to see this from a very 360 type of omni-channel perspective. Okay, so, you know, over the past five to eight years, we've, see, we've seen e-commerce explode. We've seen people logging online and paying for physical products. But what about intangible products? What about online subscriptions to magazines or software? You know, often I have many friends who will subscribe to Netflix, but they won't pay online for a digital service that is based out of the Middle East, be it in Arabic or English. Why do you think that's happening? And do you think the future of the business intelligence and the big data services you provide is going to move into intangible products anytime soon? Or do you think that's another five to eight years away? No, I think John is, um, I mean, probably your, your point is clear. There is a strong distinction between, you know, paying and transacting for something physical or at least like goods or something that you are specifically uh, getting in return, mm-hmm. you know, even a flight ticket at the end of the day, is still very transactional type of e-commerce, okay? Compared to uh, the digital content or media subscription to digital services, uh, yes, I think this part is still ongoing. In the sense, there is a lot of uh, companies, I would say, born out of Middle East, so, you know, part of big institutional sort of uh, uh, investors or institutional media organization that want to push this in the region. And I think this is already happening. Think about, you know, so the, the progress in the, you know, online uh, media streaming services, uh, for example, not only Netflix is growing, but also OSN is growing, Stars Play as well, uh, Shahid as well is growing a lot right. uh, recently. In the particular case of COVID-19, it is highly correlated in terms of usage, 
but we we forecast we we expect most of these subscribers to still evaluate you know the 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 type of content subscription going forward yeah so i take your point on how the industry is evolving alessandro but how do you think in particular you know we can use data and we can use services like the google cloud to make it easier for not for entrepreneurs that be they creating e-commerce products or, or new digital solutions to find new audiences to understand customer behavior to be able to sell or pro, uh, package their products in new ways yeah i think that's uh i would say very uh, innovation driven type of uh business uh question that a lot of uh you know, a lot of entrepreneurs have, a lot of investors as well have in the region. How can we also evolve uh, the infrastructure, the main systems, and use and monetize also data more consistently and more also effectively? So the, I think the answer is uh, uh, when it comes to cloud systems, definitely cloud platforms help a lot to to make uh, uh, the, this interconnection between data on one side, customers on one side, your digital assets on the other side, much smoother. And if you think about Google Cloud as pretty much as all the services and the type of features that also connect natively with a lot of the other marketing uh, uh, driven audiences uh, or type of retargeting mechanism that pretty much everyone that works in a digital space needs to be aware of. So for instance, like if you want to understand better the drop off point for some of your users, let's say on the app, you know, there is so many, even very cost effective, I would say free to start with, right? There are so many ways to create this uh, analysis nowadays using you know firebase that is uh uh now uh well known and widely utilized uh, uh, platform on every application because it lets you understand you know for example when the app crashes when the users receive your push notification when the users also open or download the app from you know what type of campaigns so this is a very in a way, simplified way of looking at it. But, you know, the cloud gets uh, you there in terms of starting the journey. And in the case of Google Cloud, I've been very heavy users of uh, things such as, you know, Google BigQuery, that is a managed uh, no DevOps needed uh, uh, system in terms of data uh, platform where you can really expose gigabytes of data in you know less than a minute in terms of running your analysis and complex calculation so this gives much more flexibility to business users business analysts but also you know very uh, senior executive to be able to analyze a large scale better and without going into very never-ending or costly it uh, data warehouse, uh, typically, you know, old-fashioned way of uh, of uh, doing this. But more in general, I would say 
what I wish, you know, for the future as well of my company in general, and the, the type of challenges I see ahead is uh, about, you know, building and going live with a, a version of a product that we sell as well as a subscription services to different organizations that want to calculate, analyze, you know, customer lifetime value across the different, you know, data silos that unfortunately still exist in uh, even in very large organization or sometimes even in startups, right? Uh, and my plan, you know, very, very sort of recent plan is to build up a team to, uh, to put this live. Uh, makes total sense. We're actually trying to do the same with some of our services on the front end of Alboweba. We have a, uh, a PR service that is often, you know, ringing up the client, dealing with the client, um, which is great. You know, it's, it's a very prestigious, um, one of the oldest services in the region that does that. But similar to you, we're trying to find a way to automate that, to, to, to digitalize that and to make it a much more um, fluid experience. So anyway, listen, Alessandro, thanks so much for your time today. Uh, it's great talking to you. We'll be working together in the future anyway. Um, and yeah, let's hope everyone gets back to work and things get back to normal soon. Thanks, uh, John. And I'll say it Mubarak to everyone uh, listening. And I think more than happy to to see you and Al Bawabatin soon enough, you know. Uh, and uh, that's that's great again. Thanks for the invitation to this podcast. Yeah, hopefully we'll all be allowed outside again soon. Take care, Alessandro. Thanks so much for your time.